Welcome to Focus on Success with Fazia Costi. Our program is designed to help you with executive function challenges. Our guest experts offer perspective, experience, and ideas to improve different aspects of your life. Now, here is your host, Fazia Costi. Good morning. I'm Fazia Costi. I'm your host, and I am an executive function coach here in the Phoenix, Arizona area. And I work with individuals who have uh, a variety of issues, uh, specifically executive function challenges. And so I help them improve things like their time management skills, organizational skills, and a variety of other skills as well. And so my guests tend to help support uh, me in my adventure of helping other people. And so today I have a wonderful guest by the name of Victoria Goitier, <laughs> and she is a good friend of mine. She's absolutely amazing. She's incredibly talented. And so today we're going to talk to her about bringing the outdoors in, about interior design. We're going to talk about feng shui, and we're going to really enjoy um, talking to her because she is just filled with an amazing amount of knowledge and insight and creativity. But before we get started, I want to wish everyone a happy St. Patrick's Day. And I would like to start off with may your pockets be heavy and your heart be light. May good luck pursue you morning and night. And that's a lovely little Irish blessing that I found. And I would love to start the show with that. So, Victoria, welcome to the show. Thank you, Fazia. Good morning. And good morning, everyone. It's nice to be here. Happy to be here. Well, I'm so happy that you're here. Uh, for our listeners, just, just so you know up front, Victoria and I are really good friends. We talk quite a bit, and so we tend to giggle a lot when we talk. Uh, so if you hear a lot of giggling, it's because we probably have a lot of little inside jokes that we were thinking about when we're, when we're talking to each other. Uh, Victoria, I would love to start off with um, your background, your experience, maybe your degrees. Can you tell us what makes you qualified to give us advice on feng shui and interior design? I'd be happy to. Well, um, it, let's see. My degree is in education, and I pursued that for a while. Um, wasn't a good match, as it turns out. Although I love teaching, I just wasn't uh, working in the classroom. I was very creative in the classroom, of course, but it was seemed a little bit restrictive to me. And um, at that point I had uh, met one of my fellow teachers who was very into um, the healing arts and things like that. She invited me to a lecture and I thought, oh, this is going to be great. I had no idea what she was talking about. It was at somebody's house, somebody I didn't know, that whole thing. So I uh, went with her and there was a, a man there talking about something I couldn't pronounce looked like feng shui and um, <laughs> I had no idea what he was talking about but once he started in everything clicked and I think it changed my entire perspective of uh, of where I was going with my life so long story short I decided to pursue interior design as a career after I learned feng shui actually feng shui was the catalyst that got me into interior design so I worked on my feng shui skills quite a bit. And we're talking about back in the 90s. So, yeah, I'm old. And uh, <laughs> feng shui was new at the time. I remember having to special order a book. And there was one book on the topic. Happened to have been written by an interior designer. 
So anyway, I uh, uh, learned my feng shui skills, decided, you know, if I'm going into people's houses and doing things in their home, I need to learn more about design. So I pursued uh, interior design for school. And once I finished that, I combined the two. It was a very exciting period of time because it was brand new and a lot of people were very, very interested. Well, since then, as you can imagine, I've done a lot of interiors um, and I've seen a lot of very, very wonderful things happen for people that shift the energy in their home. And basically that's what we're about. We're shifting the energy and we're making it harmonious with the person that lives in that space. So how would you define feng shui to the average person who's never heard about what it is? What? Feng shui is simply the art of placement of things. It is not, let me say this first, it's not a religion. It's not a Buddhist practice. It's nothing like that. It happens uh, to be over 4,000 years old. It was uh, literally started in India and then moved into China. Um, and remember, the Chinese are the ones that invented the compass. So they had very, very intuitive sensitivities to the earth and how we live in the earth and with the earth. Uh, there are three tenets in feng shui. It's heaven, earth, and human, and how to connect all three. So it's really kind of a beautiful thing. It's more of a philosophical, I guess, approach to design. Um, it's philosophical, yet we want to do things physically to make it uh, to make that happen. Is everything okay? <laughs> yeah, I you know I just realized that my um, I don't think I turned my phone off. I hate it when that happens. Let sorry me make sure. I <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. All right. Let's go. <laughs> so, um, what got you interested in combining the two, other than going into people's homes and saying, "Well, I need to learn a little bit more about interior design." It sounds to me like you already had an interest in interior design. Is it? Is it something that you've always wanted to do or is, you know, how, how did you get into that? I was always very creative and I'm sure a lot of people can relate. They're the kid that's always changing their room around. Uh, you know, you're, when you're very young, you, you, you get into, uh, I just like the feeling that I got every time the room was rearranged. And so I had kind of an innate feeling about, how things should be. And I think a lot of people have that intuitively. Um, yeah, I would agree with that. I think that's a very true statement. Absolutely. Yeah, they just intuitively have it. They intuitively know it, uh, but they just can't put their finger on it. And another thing that that was awakening with feng shui into design is that there are some subtle things that we do in design that may or may not be good for our uh, well-being. Uh, Can you give us an example? Yeah, I'm just, just trying to think of something in particular. Um, you know, the trends are, I should say, fads in interior design can sometimes be more detrimental than they are helpful. Um, they want you to put up signs that say, you know, family or uh, kitchen or this is where we eat, you know, these big letter signs that are, uh, they make them out of wood, they make decals, all these signs all over the house. Um, 
And to me, that's uh, not necessary uh, because it kind of adds to clutter. And I'll probably get into that a little bit more uh, later on. But there's visual clutter and there's actual clutter. Uh, there's digital clutter also. But it, it kind of, there's ways that you can clutter up without even realizing it. And uh, a lot of design trends, I think, don't take into consideration how that affects us or certain colors. That might be the color trend of the year or the color trend of the month. I see that they're going to a monthly thing, but um, not necessarily the right color for you. So how would a, how would a color affect the way we live? How, does it affect our moods? Does it affect the way we function, the way we work? Can you tell us? That about that? Sure. Sure. And, um, and I'm talking about, uh, you know, our environments affect us every day. And the environments we are, we spend the most time in affect us the most. So uh, having said that, if you're in a color room that does not resonate with you personally, it can be very irritating um, to the person and they don't really know it. I could give you an example of a, of a couple that called me in to work with their, well, it was a blended family. It was his son that was the weekend visitor child and her son, um, she had a son, they were living in the home, she had her son and then the husband's son would visit on the weekends. And she told me, she goes, the visiting son, I don't know, let's call him Bobby, uh, just didn't like his room that she had prepared for him. She did, he didn't like it. He didn't want to stay in it. He couldn't sleep in it. And when I went to look into the room, she goes, you know, I did all this for him. And he just does it like this room. Well, the room was painted in these bright primary colors. <laughs> this was a, yeah, for some. But this child, it just did not resonate with him. He was a very quiet, introverted child. He was a thinker. He wasn't, an, you know, he was different. Uh, he didn't. He, and so I just had a little chat with him and he must have been about six or seven, I guess. And, you know, he pointed out the kind of colors that he liked. And I suggested to her that she change that color because it was just too intense for him. It was just too intense. And the vibration of color, as we know, all colors have a vibration. Um, it just didn't resonate with the poor child. So we, we helped him on that level. So it can affect you in a good way. Or a negative way. Sure, absolutely. And and let's back up a little bit and talk about how clutter affects us as well. Because I think the two have a lot to, to go together. You know, the, the clutter as well as color, I, I think those have a lot. Um, they impact us every day. So how does clutter impact our lives? A lot has been said about clutter these days. And I have uh, actually wrote a blog called, Are You Color, uh, Clutter Blind? <laughs> because we do turn a blind eye to clutter sometimes. So um, clutter. Well, let's, start, let's back up a little bit. Tell us what is clutter? Clutter. Does, is it really having a lot of stuff in your house or is it having random things that maybe you don't need or want? It's all of the above and more. There's also digital clutter. Ta-da. So, um <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you weren't, wait, you weren't expecting that one, I'm sure. No. So clutter, 
Clutter is uh, way on the top of everybody's list right now, and I wish I had known Mari Kondo, <laughs> our little friend from Japan, who, who is, I have to say, she's a little bit overkill. I don't think I would empty my purse every night and put it away. That's how super efficient she is. Um, but clutter so is you just... So you're telling us that she decluttered her, even her purse at the end of the night. She so did. That she, okay, that's, she that's really interesting. Okay. It's very interesting. And then she takes out her wallet and thanks it and puts it in a special place. Wow. Yeah, so I guess it worked for her because she, <laughs> she's got a small empire right now. What I like about what she has to say is this, and, and it, it's, it resonates on a couple of levels. Uh, she will tell you that if uh, you have objects laying around and you want to declutter and you don't know what to get rid of, ask yourself... Does it spark joy? And that's a good way to go through a lot of things. Does this particular book make me happy or do I just have it because I have it because I paid money for it? I don't know. There's a lot of uh, what's clutter to me might not be clutter for someone else. But the thing to remember with clutter is it tends to accumulate over and over until we've got mountains of things, piles of papers, um, you know, it could be clothes, could be stuff. When you, and here I'm going to go back to feng shui, when you have clutter or things that are piled or collecting, you are creating a stagnant energy. And feng shui is all about the flow of energy. Let's just keep that gentle flow, which by the way, feng shui, feng shui means wind and water with a flow. Those are the two elements in nature that flow. So um, that's what we want to kind of keep moving. If you have a stagnant uh, issue with cl a clutter, then you're going to get stagnant energy. When you remove that, you open up space for new energy to come in. Positive energy. And the key is to set your intention of what you want that energy to be. Okay, so what do you mean by setting your intention about okay. how you, what you want that energy to be? Can you explain to us how somebody could set an intention? Give us an example. Every day, well, okay, confession time. I don't sweep every day, but when I sweep, <laughs> <laughs> no judgment. <laughs> when I do sweep, I just kind of say I am sweeping away all the energy and things and stuff that no longer serves me. You were here for you know, whatever purpose you're here. I'm cleaning you out now because I am making room for positive energy, for positive things to come to me. So I'm sweeping away anything that is no longer serving me. And uh, that's the kind of thing. You want to set the intention. If you want to bring in something positive and powerful, then make space for it. A simple thing you might do for yourself is, let's say, on your front porch, and I recently did a five-day challenge for people to uh, do some of these feng shui uh, activities on their uh, front yard, front porch. We didn't even get into the house yet. But make your front door welcoming because you want to welcome in positivity. 
And it makes you smile every time you drive up to your house when you see, uh, you know, nice fresh flowers in the front or something like that, uh, rather than nothing. <laughs> it's like looks like every other house on the block. Right. So we're talking right now about the front door, but let's talk about different types of environments. And sure. so we have our office, we have our our backyards, we have our bedrooms, living rooms, kitchen, all those different environments. Um, what do people do that maybe they shouldn't do in those environments? Or well, there's a what, lot of things. <laughs> or, or what are some things that they could do to improve those environments? Okay, that's, that, that would make it a little easier. Okay. <laughs> all right. So environments are just that. It's wherever you are. And, you know, our environments today, and for quite some time now, have, um, you know, our, let me just back up and say this. We spend 90% of our time indoors. Absolutely. In our, in our current culture, we spend 90% of our time per day indoors. So that's a lot of time to spend indoors. So... What we would like to do, or what I strive to do, is to bring the elements of nature in. And why do we want to do that? We are pre-programmed as humans to react to our environments. That's why we have all five senses. They help us to determine and to um, figure out our environment. They help us navigate through our environment. We can hear danger. We can sense danger. We hear it. We can smell smoke or something. You know, we are creatures of nature. And it seems like since probably the Industrial Revolution, we have created houses and our own little environments to get us further and further away from that connection with nature. I mean, take a look at our houses, they're square little boxes, they all look alike, pretty much, and I'm talking generalities here. But we have lost that connection to nature. Would you so, agree that that's more of a current time? Because I know back in, and this is going to age me as well, but back in the 60s or 70s, there was a lot more nature brought in uh, indoors. There was houses with atriums, there was houses with maybe... Um, bigger patios. So I think we, we tend to, as time has gone on, we tend to spend less and less time outside and more and more time indoors. So those houses would bring the outdoors in, but now we're not doing that. And yet we're still not spending the time outside. Correct. You could be more correct. And that's happened with architecture um, a lot through the ages. You know, once the Industrial Revolution started and things were manufactured, uh, then there was a twist to the Art Nouveau, which was very floral, very, you know, long vines, and they would carve it in the furniture. It was wallpaper with flowers. I mean, it was a, very much a reaction to that, uh, trying to bring the outdoors in. Big flower oh, wallpaper. You remember that kind of stuff, Victorian oh, yeah. era. Okay, so that happened then. Because I was well, then, in the 1800s. Yes, I remember. Yes, it was. Yes, you remember. I was there. <laughs> in my past life, I pretty yeah. sure I was. <laughs> anyway, um, so that's happened periodically through time. 
Well, uh, interestingly, there was an architect by the name of Mies van der Rohe who happened to be ADD. So he started a revolution in design of the steel and glass movement. Big glass windows open. Okay, so everything got simpler, very simple, glass and steel. Furniture became steel. Uh, you know, which, which gave us our more modern design. Gave us the modern design. Exactly. Right. If you go to downtown Phoenix, that's pretty much all you see. Yeah, the Seagram's building is one of his buildings that he did in New York. So you know that you know it's very much square. It's just you know it's it's kind of uh, I don't know. It's okay, but it doesn't have any. It doesn't beckon you in so much. Then you're right. In the '60s, we we kind of had that again. We were we we're you know you'd walk into a house and there'd be a whole wall with wall paneling or you know, that was a big thing or some kind of wood on the wall or uh, hanging plants out the you know macrame hangers all that hippie stuff you oh, know yeah. <laughs> you know everybody had uh, you know thousands of what do you call it spider plants and things like that hanging in their house which wasn't necessarily bad but it wasn't really comfortable in a lot of ways either because uh, you know hanging plants for one thing is not a good feng shui thing because plants don't hang by nature and you want to bring the earth energy up from the ground so i always kind of caution against the hanging plants let them be where they're supposed to be they're not supposed to be dangling in the air like trapeze artists so it kind (laughs) of gives you that thing like i'm not going to sit here because the plant might fall on my head so you can see there's a there's a a a disconnect there and, um, uh, but again, we're back into that. Things got very sterile in the 90s. And, you know, when we go through, actually, when even politics and our culture play an interesting role in how we're moving along as a society, colors change. You know, we just went through that whole gray period. Um, everybody was doing gray in every other shade of gray. Yeah, and black, black, white, and gray. The black, white, and gray, because we just came out of a recession right. for eight years. Yeah. yeah, and so not a lot was happening, and it kind of showed that. So then, you know, people get tired of that after a while. We need the connection. So, oh, I forgot what your question was. What was your <laughs> 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 I had going on? <laughs> that, that, that is oh, yeah. okay. Was that it? Okay. That's okay. Um, so... Let me ask you, as a feng shui professional, as a feng shui professional and an interior design, what do you think are the most important elements that someone should have in their home? Like, how do you combine those two? When somebody uh, asks me to come in, I take, you know, I, I taught myself as a holistic designer. And what I do is, depending if they're, if, if they want the two combined, I can do that. Sometimes they just want interior design. They don't have, they don't know anything about feng shui, don't want to know about it. That's fine too. Or I can just do feng shui and not the interior design. But what's going on in my head is different. I'm looking through feng shui eyes and a designer's eye in the home. So I'm looking to see what rooms are uh, where the placement is of these rooms, how the energy is moving, 
what is um, blocking energy maybe from coming through. And my designer's eye is saying, okay, are these things helping the energy to move? Is there too much of this, not enough of that? Are the proportions you know, the golden mean and all these things that designers have to learn and, and uh, the proportions, the, the scale, the combinations, how are they working and what needs, what could be changed to make life better? And then do you normally work with, um, do you come in with ideas of your own or do you, do you sit down with your clients and, and say, okay, what are the colors that you enjoy? What are the shapes that you enjoy what 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 pieces of furniture do you like and then go from there or do you just come in with all right here's how I would design this house I would never do that to anyone (laughs) (laughs) curse anyone who doesn't no I'm sorry (laughs) no that's that's just not working uh with the person to create harmony uh right because you need to know what the person what resonates with that person what's their heart's desire what makes them happy you know if somebody is uh they just love the beach and they want a a beach theme well you know i live in arizona we don't have we have a lot of beach we have no ocean right so you know i just kind of go with it okay uh maybe somebody has you know wants to have some particular theme in their house, whatever it is. I try to work with it and make it the best it can be. But we do have quite a bit of time, uh, consultation time, I guess you could say. I go through a whole list of questions. I want to know you and your family, if there is family and pets, Absolutely. before I even get started um, because it's that's it. That's the heart of the whole thing. If I don't know who you are, how can I design a house that works for you in harmony with you. Exactly, exactly. And and just for our listeners to know, Victoria has not only designed um, my office, but also my home. Um, I think she's incredible. If you want to have a free 20-minute consultation with her, uh, feel free to give her a call. And um, Victoria, would you like to give your phone number out so that everyone can give you a call? I sure would. And you, know, you can text me as well. We can set up a time. Uh, might not be able to get to you right then. I remember I live in Arizona. The number is 520-909-4784. And when we come back from break, uh, we actually have Tacey from Tempe on the line. And she has a, um, a question. So when we come back from break, we'll definitely um, talk to Tacey. Um, I'm Fazia Costi, and I am an executive function coach, and I love working with different professionals to help my clients be the best versions of themselves. When we come back from break, we're going to talk a little bit more with Victoria about her recommendations for individuals with special needs, uh, as well as talking a little bit more about interior design and feng shui and how those Two different modalities can help you create a more peaceful environment. We'll be back after these messages. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
If you are struggling with organization, time management, or other executive functions, Fawzia Costi is ready to put you on the path to success. Visit executivefunctioncoachaz.com. Fawzia works with in-person clients at her Phoenix, Arizona office or with clients anywhere across the country remotely. Mention that you heard this ad from the Focus on Success radio show and receive a free initial consultation with Fazia, plus $50 off an intake evaluation, a $300 value. Visit executivefunctioncoachaz.com or call 480-648-1122. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Focus on Success. To reach Fazia Costi or her guest on the live show, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Fazia at Executive Function Coach AZ.com. Now, back to Focus on Success. Hi, I'm Fazia Costi. Welcome back to the show. Today we are talking to Victoria Goitier, and she is an interior designer and feng shui professional. And Victoria, welcome back to the show. Thank you. My pleasure. And we actually have Tacey from Tempe on the line. Um, I believe she has a question she'd like to ask you. Are you up for some questions? I'm ready. Let's go. All right. Wonderful. Hi, Tacey. Hi, Tacey. Tacey. Yes. Hi, Fazia and Victoria. I'm enjoying the show. Um, I love the whole holistic approach, how you really get to know people before you design their spaces. Thank you. And uh, I think you design remotely too, right? So you could help people across the country. That's uh, correct. Yes, we absolutely can do that. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Um, My question is, being a Capricorn, I'm uh, very grounded. I I, I need to be grounded, and I don't get outside enough with working from home for a year. And also, the water is a huge influence for me, sort of a calming influence. So... I live by a pool, but I don't get outside enough. So I'm wondering what I could do inside, not having a green thumb to uh, balance those two items to to ground myself and sort of have the water. Tempe, so you are also out here in the desert. Yeah, and water's a big issue. I, too, am a Capricorn, and I love the water as well. (laughs) But... um, and, and my Chinese sign is water snake, so I've got lots of water around me. Uh, a couple of things you can do, Tacey, uh, if you have a, you said you had a brown thumb and you're not good with the plants and things like that. Now, plants do give us a lot of very, very good energy and um, they make us feel good. You know, I get it. A lot of people just don't have plants and for a lot of reasons. I mean, there could be allergies, there could be all kinds of things. 
um, cats, you know, whatever. I have two cats, yeah. Yeah, but, you know... Well, that's, yeah, and they can sometimes like to stick their nose in pots and dig and stuff like that. But another thing you can do that will help bring some really vibrant energy in is cut flowers. Every once in a while, you can treat yourself to some cut flowers uh, so that when you walk at the door, you get this sensation that you're ah, like it walking in a garden almost. Um, that's one thing and you know a lot of people can't do the cut flowers maybe because of allergies and then the next best thing I think is uh, and we're lucky that today we have such gorgeous artificial and I know people are gasping oh no not artificial as long as they look real and I mean very real and uh, you you can use those those are sometimes just a wonderful way to to help Um, oh the other thing you could do, Tacey, is to have pictures of water. And now there are certain places in your home where you want to have water, and there are certain places where you do not. So I would not recommend, let's say you have pictures of uh, a lake or an ocean or something that you love. Mm-hmm. It's not good to put that over your bed, like behind the headboard, oh, you know, up there. The ocean. Over your I headboard? The ocean I painted. Right over uh, my bed. Uh, yeah. I, really? Yeah, that's not a good place for it because it makes you, when you are sleeping, the energy makes you feel as though you are underwater. What really? I would do and I do have is nightmares. to... Huh. Do you? Yeah. You're, uh, I, uh, I have a lot. And that also, the water energy. Water is um, connected with our emotions. So you might have a lot of emotion involved in those nightmares too a lot of you know mm-hmm. conflict i would not put it there dreams, yeah yeah very oh. much so so there are places in your home in the feng shui uh tradition that uh, places that water is good and will enhance in your career area for instance and i would have to point that out to where that is exactly and it's based on your front door however that's a good place because that's a water area And why water for the career? Because in that philosophy, water and dark, deep water was dark blue or black even. And that was a symbol of wealth and abundance. That you had the water for uh, life-giving source and to water crops and that sort of thing. So we always associate water in the career area because it also helps things to grow. So by removing that, well, I didn't know you had all those issues, but by removing that, uh, and I'm sorry, I must have intuitively known you had a picture there. <laughs> well, most people have a picture yeah, over their bed. I think it's a pretty common. But water, but the water picture uh, specifically, because I was just, ocean. yeah, yeah, the ocean, most specifically. And I made it stormy. Yep, I made uh, it. Yeah. It, wow. Wow. So what would I yeah. put there instead? Well, uh, in your bedroom, you you know, I don't know what your uh, situation is uh, relationship-wise, but that's a good place to do things that are in pairs. Uh, if you could have a picture of, uh, I don't know, maybe two birds together in a tree, or it could be two birds um, or two flowers, two something. Ooh, uh, I would not okay. put... I have one of... 
two flowers that a lady painted of me and my late husband, and it's beautiful. One's well, a carnation, there... one's a, a white carnation and a pink flower. Maybe that? Maybe that would be a nice thing to, to do. Um, you can do several things, and of course it would depend on the relationship you're in, if you want to solidify it or you want to make room for someone. There are different things we can do feng shui-wise to help you with that. Um, it's always good to have a plant of some kind or facsimile of a plant or or a picture of a plant in the bedroom. Uh, you don't need to overdo okay. it, though. But in the bedroom, I definitely I would... definitely do that. Yeah. And so you might want to use colors that are soft, um, you know, those rose colors, a little bit of that. You don't have to overdo it, but just put a little bit of that because it will soften the energy uh, in the bedroom. And if you, you know, if you said it was your late husband, so if you're wanting to bring in another partner, we can do things to help you with that. You need to make space for that partner, as I was talking before. So right. Yeah. So Tacy, I don't know if you heard earlier, but Victoria does offer a twenty-minute free consultation. And uh, I Victoria, did hear if, that. yeah, if you'd like to give your number out again, Victoria, then maybe Tacy sure. will give you a call, and and you guys can work on a specific consultation for her. The number is five two zero nine zero nine four seven eight four. Yeah, thank you well, thank so you much, so Tacey, for calling. Thank you. I'm enjoying the show, and I'll continue listening. Thank you, Tacey. Yes, thank you. All right, Victoria, that was awesome. I'm so glad that you had the opportunity to answer some questions. That was great. Yes. Yeah, I, I think you surprised Tacey with that wonderful um, explanation of why she should not have water over her bed. And honestly... I would love to hear a, a follow-up uh, at some mm-hmm. point, uh, letting me know if you did work with Tacey and if that changed and if her nightmares went away. Yeah, uh, definitely. Very good to know. <laughs> I'd like to know, too. I'm always surprised myself when things happen. You know, people have asked me, you know, how did you do that? I go, I didn't do anything. You know, it's just the flow of the energy. Right. It's It's amazing. And, and just as somebody who has had Victoria work in my office and my home, I can tell you that the placement of different things, the energy does flow differently. I was absolutely amazed at how well some of this stuff worked. So definitely give her a call, uh, set up your free consultation, and um, let her do her magic. So, Victoria, I just uh, we have some time left, and I would like to ask a few more questions before the end of our show. Um, so, what are the benefits of creating a more nature-centric interior? I know Perfect we had started, question. yeah, we had started talking about that, and I'd like to talk a little bit more about that. That's a perfect question, Afasia, and. The reason we need to do this for ourselves is because there are so many, so many stress-related illnesses uh, in our society now, um, you know, mental health, cardiovascular, all kinds of issues. Uh, and what's happening is in our current environments, we don't, have enough nature and nature allows the body to relax you know 
listen to certain things people say when they get all upset. They say, wait, I need to go out for some fresh air. Right. Well, I, exactly. I always call nature the great reset button. Whenever you're stressed out, whenever you're feeling overwhelmed, go for a hike, go take a walk. It's a, go it's take a, great, a walk. Yeah, it's a great reset. It really is. And here's something I do that a lot of people think are in, you know, I, I might be a little bit crazy, but what I like to do is touch trees. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there is such a tremendous amount of energy in a tree. You don't have to hug it, but, <laughs> but you just put your hand on a tree and just feel the power and energy of that uh, tree. It's very, it's very refreshing. And they're happy to share, by the way. I'll just throw that <laughs> but by you know research has also shown that by including elements of nature in our environments and the time we spend most of our time in on a daily basis um, it reduces blood pressure Uh, it it slows the heart rate it you know it really is a calming uh, has a calming effect on people and because of that, what happens? We increase our productivity. We increase our creativity. We are happier. We can reset and refocus. And it's so much easier to do when we've had a nature break. Absolutely. You know, um, I want to talk a little bit about more how you work with special needs, because as an executive function coach, I work with people who have anxiety or depression I also work with people who have ADHD and maybe a diagnosis of autism. How can your services help somebody with special needs? It's my understanding, and you know, I, I have worked with some children, but it is my understanding that um, children with special needs are sometimes hypersensitive in some of their senses. <clears throat> so it's important to have the acoustics in the room such that it absorbs noise so that it's a quieter space. How would you do that? Uh, That would be done by adding more soft uh, materials, or I should say um, not so many hard materials like hard surfaces. So you can add carpeting, you can add um, upholstered furniture, you can add drapes. Uh, Speaking of uh, drapery, also, um, light is an issue. So dimmable lights is important, I believe, because sometimes the bright light is too much. It's too intense. And that's for anybody, you know, but specifically, it can be very intense. So to be able to control the light is a good thing. Um, other things might be uh, particular colors. Let's say sound, color, what else we you do? Lighting, uh, the materials that you use. The spatial configuration of the room itself, because if it's set up in a way that flows naturally for that child or the person, uh, you know, you don't have stuff all over the place and you're not stepping around something, you know, maybe all the clothes, maybe even the dressers in the closet, you know, because that gives it, it just makes sense. You know, that's part of my clothes. It should be in the closet. You know, there's just some little things we can do designated um, areas for certain things. Also, um, materials of the surfaces that need that can be cleaned. 
because it is also my understanding that cleanliness, sometimes people have an affinity for that and they like to have the surfaces cleaned a lot. So you want to be able to make sure that they have that, um, the ability to make sure that everything is, you know, clean and tidy. Very nice. Thank you. So do you have any specific tips that people can walk away with uh, today? Are there any specific tips, like maybe your top three feng shui or interior design tips? Wow. Okay. Uh, well, the tips are, you know, if you want to change your energy, you have to change <laughs> something. So uh, I think the number one thing now that everybody's heard over and over again is to declutter, to get things out of your house. But here's the thing. Make sure that it's stuff that you love. There's a quote that I absolutely love from William Morris, who was a um, he was a textile maker uh, back in the Industrial Revolution. And he said, have nothing in your home that you do not know to be beautiful or believe to be useful. So if it's not beautiful, I mean, it might not be useful, but it's beautiful and it resonates with me and I love it. So you can have that. Um, I think that would be the uh, number one. I also think that people should remember that their house or their office, that's your environment that you're spending most of your time in. And uh, you should be kind to yourself and, and offer this connection uh, to yourself be kind to yourself and allow those little breaks and have your office support you. And let's see, third of all, I think that, you know, um, gee, I don't know. Let's see. There's so many of them. I don't know if I can narrow them down. I think it's important to have your environment environments resonate with you. So many, so much of the time we're getting our information from say something like HGTV and that's well and good, but those are cookie cutter houses and they're made to sell. They're, 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 they're not necessarily who you are and what you want and what you absolutely need. Absolutely. So we're talking about customizing everything to the house, bringing joys, getting that energy flowing so that it's the best energy, you know, for you so that you can feel good, so that you can be productive. And I have kind of a, um, a question about collections and things that are sentimental, because one of the things you said is that it should spark joy. It should be useful. What about people who have collections, like just lots and lots of, things. The other day I went to a woman's house uh, for a meeting of totally non-related to anything else that I do. Um, And she had a lot of antiques. Just, I mean, her house was literally just filled with antiques. The floors were filled with antiques. There were shelves filled with antiques. How do you feel about collections and how do you feel about things like antiques? Good question. Uh, how I, you know, I used to love antiques myself, used to. And then the more I um, learned about things, the more I realized that mm, that's not really my style. Now, when you're talking about antique, th- are you talking about like little knickknack things? Um, the- she had a lot of dolls and farm equipment and just <laughs> random, just random things. But it was really an interesting mix of things. But what I found fascinating is everything was very clean, but it, but it was just, when I walked in, it was overwhelming. 
Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was very cluttered, but I wasn't sure if all these things were sentimental or mm-hmm. if they were um, just things that she collected over time. And so, you know, from all the conversations that you and I have had, I was just curious what your take on that was from a feng shui or an interior design perspective, because to me, it's also a tremendous amount of energy that you have to invest in cleaning all of that on a regular Absolutely. Basis. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think you nailed it. When you walked in, how did you feel? You felt like you uh, probably could hardly breathe. It was and sometimes yeah. yeah, it's overwhelming. And sometimes we feel that when we walk into a space we have an innate sense of sense of what that space is and what it's all about. Now, the the quick version of that is, you know, all of this stuff carries its own energy from wherever it came and from whomever used it also. So unless these objects are of, you know, really sentimental value. Now, she probably loves this and it may just totally resonate with her. But I think if we got down to it, she doesn't know what to do with it. I bet if we, if I had a conversation with her, because this has happened before, they go, yeah, but I don't know what to do with it. And so many of the times I get people asking me, I don't know what to do. I have a whole collection of Waterford. What do I do with it? And, you know, here's the thing. Uh, your kids don't want it. Sorry. <laughs> Sentimental stuff lasts for about two generations, and then nobody wants it anymore. It just becomes stuff. So if right. it makes you happy, it's yours but you don't have to have all of it out all of the time sometimes it's nice to put some of it away and then periodically maybe once a quarter or something when you're doing a cleaning take something else out switch it around make it fresh again otherwise you it's kind of like living in a museum and that's just a lot of old stuff interesting to look at but it's not really feeding you positive energy for today so maybe rotate those things that you yeah. love so that you're not overwhelmed by them. You're just enjoying them one at a time. There you go. Because after a while, you can't see them. You know, you become clutter blind. Well, that's exactly what I noticed when I walked into this house. There were so many things. All I noticed is that there was a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And like you asked me what was there. I couldn't even tell you. Mm-hmm. I bet she couldn't either. It was just that overwhelming. Yeah. So, yeah. So anyway, I, as far as um, I'm concerned, I've, I totally buy into the getting rid of clutter, you know, living with things that you absolutely love, living with the things that you enjoy, living with things that are useful. And I, I think one of the things that Victoria has taught me is that you can be sentimental about things, but, you know, how much do you love that grandfather's watch if it just sits and takes up space in your drawer? If, if you're not using it, if you're not enjoying it, what good is it? Right. So, I absolutely love that idea. So um, I want to once again, welcome you and thank you for coming on the show today. It's, it's really been uh, an incredible experience talking to you. Once again, I want to remind everyone that if you'd like to have a 20 minute free consultation with Victoria, you can uh, feel free to give her a call. And Victoria, would you like to give that number out again? Sure. It's 520-909-4784. And also email me. Would that be okay? Absolutely. If, if you're you know, a little bit shy, you don't want to actually talk or leave a message, just email at v msv at designingchi.com. And chi is spelled C-H-I. 
Correct. All right. And she is energy. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, it, it's it's been an absolute pleasure. And I'm so glad that you were also able to help Tacey, who called in earlier. She, I'm sure, is thinking about where she's going to move her painting to. I would love to help her with that, too. Yeah. Well, hopefully the two of you can connect and, and you can definitely work something out with her. So, um, once again, um, if you'd like to get a hold of me, my name is Fazia Kasi. I'm an executive function coach, and I work people work with people who have cognitive issues, uh, minor traumatic brain injuries, ADHD, autism, dyslexia, dyscalculia, dysgraphia, and I help them improve those skill sets by improving. Uh, I help them improve their skill sets by improving things like focus, problem solving, um, time management, organization, things like that. So. I really love enjoy. I love helping people. I enjoy the process of helping people. And if you'd like to uh, work with me, please give me a call at 480-648-1122. And you can also email me at Fazia at executivefunctioncoachaz.com. And next week, we're going to have another wonderful guest. And that individual is going to be here. Um, her name is going to be Kim L. Kim Eldridge, and we still don't know what Kim is going to talk about, but um, it's going to be an amazing, amazing show. I look forward to having Kim on the show next week, and I hope that um, you enjoyed the show today, and I look forward to having you all on the show next week and listening to Kim Eldridge. Have a wonderful day, and happy St. Patrick's Day. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Focus on Success. Please join your host, Fazia Costi, for another program next Wednesday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again, have a great week.